so excited because you know I love a press events and this is great so this is a chance that I'm going to get to talk to this year's Drama Desk nominees as well as hopefully some of this year's Tony Award nominees so hold on to your seat listen the room is starting to get packed now the people are coming so hang on to your seats hopefully we're gonna have a fun ride and enjoy the Drama Desk this is Keith Rice and we are here at the Drama Desk nominee reception and I am now standing here with two-time Tony Award winner, multi-Emmy Award winning, currently nominated for her work on Broadway right now in, oh my God, Clinton. Oh my God, it just Hillary went right up. Hillary and Clinton. The one and only Lori Metcalf. I was like, I had to get it all out of my head first. How are you? I'm, I'm well. I, I'm, I'm gearing up for uh, a two-show day, but right. yeah. I, you know, the thing for you is I love that you have had time to drop down on the Broadway stage and just, I mean, I have seen, like, I remember the other place oh, with I you and place. just the half an hour of watching you just text was more compelling than a lot of stuff that was going on. <laughs> on the, and I was like, how do you do that? Where, where does that come from from you? Uh, well, that beginning was actually kind of easy for me. That was Joe Mantello, the director's entrance into that into that uh, play. So I sat on stage. It was actually, I think I was supposed to be uh, sitting on, a, on an airplane, uh-huh. uh, the character was. And so I basically played solitaire <laughs> by myself for half an hour and ignored the audience as, as, they, uh, as they filed in. I love that. I mean, again, just a simple device like that. But it's like, but again, the acting and the work is so compelling. So for you to be on Broadway, like I remember when you had gotten the Oscar nominations, and then you were like working on television, and then you're still doing film, and then you're doing stage. How? <laughs> I've been supremely lucky to be able to bounce back and forth between the three. Yeah. I rarely do do a movie, so that was a, an anomaly Ladybird was for me. But um, it's, it's, uh, it guarantees that I don't burn out on any of the one, because okay. I, would, I, I would hate to burn out on theater, because that's my passion, right. and um, I want to do it for as long as I can. Well, again, congratulations on the nominations, not only for the Drama Despot as well as for the Tony Award. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen for you after this particular experience. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. And we'll be back. This is Keith Price, and we are here at the Drama Desk Award nomination reception. And again, I, you know, I'm very upset with myself right now. I'm going I'm to tell you why. Because Sarah Joy Ross, who is nominated this year for, did I get it? Sora. Sora. See? That's another reason why I'm mad at myself. Sora Joy Ross. Nominated for her work as featured actress in a musical, Carmen Jones, at the classic stage. That big old fabulous black box that they just worked out. Listen, honey, yes, but you know it was kind of an around, but well, in a a rectangle situation. (laughs) But it was really 200 people. You know what? Carmen Jones clearly has never been seen like that for the most part. Ten women. I mean, no, that's not even. That's the whole cast. Five women, five men, and you know what? It was. I think it was the perfect space. It was the perfect space. So again, 
that's a piece that ain't nobody has seen to do. <laughs> and I mean, in terms of real black, I know, honey, I'm keeping it real for real. Talk about Carmen Jones. Carmen Jones, honey. Anika Noni Rose, honey. Hey, honey, yeah. They soprano and out up in this piece. Come on now. Come on. Yes, no, I think it's 75 years, 74 years since it was done. I mean, honestly, it's. It's about time, it's about you know, time. to have this reimagined version. John Doyle, hello, Tony Award winner. For some reason, John Doyle do love the folks of color. I'm just going. <laughs> you know what? I'm just him and his Scottish self. Like he's just, he's so relatable. You know, have you ever? He's he's. I've not yet met him, but I've had people like I've. Uh, Rima Webb always told yeah. me about him, yeah, a yeah, lot about Yeah, yeah, she works him. with John Doyle a lot, a lot. too. Yeah, she, she just, I think she's in the Cradle Will Rock now. Look at me. I'm so, okay, <laughs> Rima Webb. Yes, yeah, shout out We Rima. can talk about other, others. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, this is about you. It's great. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, you know, working with John Doyle is, is really, is such a dream. And, and he, he is so accessible. And his, his, his rehearsal process. And, uh, you, you know, one of my favorite things about working with John Doyle is that during rehearsal, you know, he, he in, in, initially said, you know, I don't know everything about this culture. Like, I know some things, but I don't know everything, so I'm going to need your help. I mean, what an incredible thing for a director to say, especially this well, you know, established, right. I mean, really, that was such, it was such a great um, way to start off the process, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like almost every rehearsal, you know, almost every day, he would have us sit in a circle and just talk. I mean, just talk about how we, and he would say, how did you feel about, how did you feel about working on that piece? How did you, how do you feel about Frankie? How do you feel about, and he's, it was so, you know, after the first day, second day, third day, you're like, oh my God, what am I gonna say? It has to be perfect. And then, and then you're like, no, actually, it just needs to be. You know what I mean? We just need to stay present. And of course, generous to everybody else. And so, and share our story. So it was really a safe, safe space you know what i mean to create which to create absolutely and well i mean you had a lot of respect like it was it was great it was really great yeah because i again carmen jones i remember the movie dorothy dandridge and again that being was that otto preminger that being one of those pieces that was already groundbreaking at that particular time when it was being done and being filmed and to have it now being seen in this context in the stage thing, it's sort of like people don't think of that as a black music. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm just saying because people think of it as an opera. That's true. They think of it as, as an opera. Well, you mean, oh, you mean the, the Spanish, the Spaniard version, like my dress. Um, yes. And my flower. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. But, then, but the thing is also they do think about it as a black musical. And I have to say that I think that's why it, has, it hadn't been done in so long. I mean, John Doyle, he just, you know, we just took home the the Lortel for Outstanding Revival. I just took home the Lortel for Outstanding Featured Actress a couple days ago. And wait, John wait, let me toss my hair back for you, girl. Pow! <laughs> but John was talking about how, you know, so many people didn't want to do it. Well, so I think because, because again, it's one of those pieces that people hadn't thought about. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, just, I mean, in terms of out of the consciousness, like when I heard that the show was being done, I was like, Come to John. Come from stage. right. On stage. Yeah, right, right, right. What? Right, right. So, yes, I mean yeah. it's one of those things that people didn't think about. But thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. I mean, we've we've our, our company. First of all, talk about black excellence. You know, I mean, oh my goodness, Clifton. I mean, I mean, oh my goodness, 
listen, everybody, Cindy, I mean, uh, Lindsay, Roberts, I mean, everybody was so incredible. David and everyone was so incredible and, you know, have is a star in their own right, you know what I mean? And, of course, Anika Noni Rose, I mean, she's... You know, it's really nice to finally, to, not finally, but to get the attention that we've gotten for this piece. I mean, we've gotten nominated for all of the awards that we were, that we could have possibly been up for. Anika's been nominated for all of the awards that she could have possibly been up, been up for. She also won a Lortel. And, you know, it's, it's nice to have the visibility, you know what I mean? And I think gr more people, because we were sold out. I mean, we were... We were sold out every every night. We were sold to out. Talk about it coming back. At any talk. People there are trying. Our producers, man, Eric, he's. They are working hard. Because that's a hard eight show week song show to be singing. You know what? Also, look, can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? Listen, we did seven shows a week, and that was challenging, and that was such a treat. Um, so yeah, I forgot about that, and I haven't really thought about that. But yeah, I mean, we would definitely need. I think I think it should stay. A seven show, it's a hard. I mean, it's it's a hard show, know, and it's five five women and five men. That's it. Like we are carrying this show, and so you know, I, do they have a, musicals that have done that on Broadway? Well, they they've, they've had musicals where the the leads would not necessarily do all eight shows. Right. You know, they'll do six. Right. They'll do seven and a matinee. You know what I'm saying? Like I they, know. I know about that, down. like with Audra and um, and Porgy and Bess. But and, and uh, you know, Bette Midler did it for with Hello Dolly. Yeah. But they had someone yeah. specifically to do those two days that she was not there. So it, you I know, mean, it's, it, it can happen. It can. I mean, I think it would be nice to for them to consider that if it, you know if it does. Hopefully, let's say when it does. Let's speak like that. So when it does, it would be nice for them to have like a, a double a second cast right. that would come in for I don't know I don't know if that's even something but it's a challenging piece and it's an opera and you think about you know at the Met and stuff like that yeah. they don't they don't sing anywhere near anywhere near six shows you get that Friday maybe Saturday and an afternoon matinee and that's all you get <laughs> right I mean, so I mean I would want to do Right, I know. So, listen, I would want to do at least, you know, six, seven. I wouldn't. I, I don't need to call. I don't need to do half. But I'm just saying, it would be nice to have like a double, some kind of like a matinee cast, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, you know what I mean. Something so that at least the flow of the show doesn't get lost. It is. That show is incredibly challenging. I mean, every, everybody. Pretty much, I feel like so many people know about Carmen Jones. It is such in a challenging score. Well, maybe they, they might open it up to having just more people in the cast so that you can't, like, you know, big, break up the chorus or ensemble energy more so that you can cycle people in and out. I don't think they're going to do that. Of course not, because that's money. I mean, it's John Doyle, too. He likes it nice and simple. You know what I mean? This is going to be good. So, Miss Sora. Yes. Sora Joy Ross. Yes. yes. Carmen Jones featured... Actress, musical nominee for the Drama Desk Award, and winner, Lucille Lortel, just recently this week. This is kind of cool. How about that when you hear, now you're Lucille Lortel Award winner, possibly soon-to-be Drama Desk Award winner. Oh, my God. Just, I, you know, because you never know. Oh, I know. I believe in miracles. June 2nd, we will see. Yes, we will see. I'm very excited. Thank so you so much. I'll be seeing you hopefully on the red carpet that night. And then, you know. If it, if it all works around, if it all works out, I may be talking to you in the press room. Oh, my God. So, I don't know. We'll see. amazing. Do you have your outfit yet? Well, I have part of it. I know what I'm doing. I'm giving a vest, but I'm not sure what color I'm going with. <laughs> I have two choice colors I'm working. Either electric blue, so I can pop against the red carpet, or purple, which is kind of my go-to. And people kind of like to do, like, a very, 
like this is my first, this will be my first. So do they do they, do they like Sometimes. is it kind of Tony-ish? It's Tony-ish. But it's you know the only thing is is that it ain't the Tony. <laughs> That's okay. We love we love no no we love. Yeah. However, it's you make it yours because that is your night. Period. And if it's gonna be your, I just wonder. You know, I just wonder. Well, you know, I, I'm just gonna keep it simple because I'm tired. I'm standing up, and then, <laughs> You're gonna be talking then to I gotta be people. talking to people, and yes. people are like, "Oh, really? Again? <laughs> you again? That's what I got. You again?" I so, love talking to you. You, Miss Sora. We're gonna. So I will see you soon. Then yes, I love it. Fabulous. God bless you. <laughs> Mark Sonnenblick and Jamie Roderick, both here from Midnight at the Never Get. Nominated for a Drama Desk Award this year. This is clearly your first nominations? Oh, uh, yeah. So this is your first time at the rodeo, it seems. What does it feel like so far? Uh, it's, it's surreal. I mean, I, I just ran up and made Sam Hunter talk to me. I mean, you're, you're in a room with people who you've looked up to for a really long time, and especially for this show, which started in the back room of a cabaret, and three years later to be at the Drama Desk is pretty surreal. What does it feel like to see your work basically go from a moment in a cabaret to an actual stage with a full audience and lights and sounds and sets? Like, that must be pretty overwhelming just in general. It, it is, and, and what's beautiful about this show and this process is we, we, it wasn't one step. It wasn't one single step into a full production. We have, we have very strategically and beautifully crafted this show step by step to grow it into what it is now. Uh, and we've all got to learn about the show doing that. We've got to learn about each other doing that. And we would not be the show it is now on stage had we not had that process step by step instead of just diving into it fully. Well, it's like I'm looking at the both of you and I can see that you're kind of a part of that, that youthful vibrancy. Like I just got through talking to Joe Iconas earlier and he represents a certain kind of element in terms of like an underground youthful zone and exuberance brought into the world of theater that hadn't been there before. Do you kind of find yourselves following in that kind of pathway? Especially you. Well we, we hope so. I mean Jamie as well. I, I, I think what's exciting is that it feels like you know a, a lot about the show uh, exists in kind of an older time period. It takes place in the 60s but particularly uh, working with designers like Jamie and our director, Max, uh, they've, the way that they've been able to make it feel new and surprising and fresh uh, has been pretty incredible for me. Well, I was just going to say, y'all are doing shows about the 60s. And again, and music of the '40s in the '60s—that's sort of the crux of the <laughs> show. That's the—that's where the conflict. So you're, so you're juxtaposing everything, right? And then it's like I'm looking at the two of you. Like, I, I was at the tail end of the '60s. I, you know, I was merely a child, <laughs> just a babe. So, but the question is, is that what an interesting time zone for you all to kind of try to drop yourselves into? Like, where was your frame of reference for that? Like, how, who, does there, like, a grand, a fun uncle, I hope? Is that a good age range? <laughs> yeah, a fun uncle that could help bring some of that into perspective for you. Well, I, I, I think something that's been, been uh, particularly exciting and moving about the show is being able to share it with people who uh, did experience that time period in, in different ways and uh, were able to share their stories and their memories. Uh, but in addition to, you know, I... Uh, there's there's a book called Intimate Nights 
um, uh, that was a huge, huge influence on the show um, because it, it's about cabaret in the 60s, or cabaret more than just the 60s, but particularly that section. Um, and the history in New York, a lot of the people are, are still around. Sidney Meyer, who uh, works Don't at Don't Tell Mama, which is where the show was originally, he has been a huge champion and, and at, at one point was it was uh, even in the show. And uh, I love Sidney. He's, he's, he's absolutely incredible. He's incredible. Yeah. And I was just going to go back to your question earlier about youthfulness. For me, particularly, it's really exciting. I'm in my particular category. I'm I'm uh, among actual friends around my same age, uh, and and it's really exciting to see uh, this generation getting noticed now, uh, uh, and very exciting. And I'm very proud of myself, but I'm also very proud of my friends and to and and this whole even those people that are not nominated, uh, this 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 group of us that are coming up and and getting noticed. It's very exciting. Getting noticed and. Working with your own peers. That's yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That's absolutely. Awesome. Well, congratulations to both of you. This will be fun. I'll be seeing you June 2nd on the red carpet, so make sure you come and find me. I will still introduce myself again with the same zeal. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's been so nice to talk nice to you. Nice to talk to you too, too. And congratulations. This is really a real. I love this time of the year because it's always fun to see a lot of the new faces that are getting these really wonderful moments and it'll be fun hopefully in another five or ten years to see where you guys are and then hopefully I won't be doing the same same thing but if I am I'll be like oh my god you guys look so great anyway well, thank you very much <laughs> and we will be back this is Keith Price and we are here at the drama desk nominee reception and I'm now standing here with half of the writing team for the, I guess you guys heard a lot of the, the great conversations that I had with the major people that were working on the stage for the show Beetlejuice, but now I'm gonna actually get to talk to someone else who's actually the reason why these people have anything to say, Mr. Scott Brown, who is nominated for Best Book for Beetlejuice, as well as a Tony Award nomination in terms of being part of the Beetlejuice nomination. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I, I'm only sad because my co-book writer, Anthony King, is not here. He is shooting a television show in Atlanta. But uh, we are so thrilled that this is happening. We kind of can't believe it. It's like, so how exciting is it for you, first of all, to have the work that you're doing being recognized the way it is? I mean, like, here you are doing a, a property that is very familiar to people. People have their own preconceived notions going into it, and you've you've tweaked and turned it around in a different way so the people that know the film are going to see it from a different perspective. Were you scared when you, you stepped into that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a healthy terror that goes into kind of taking over anything that is beloved and wonderful on its own. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the great thing was that when Anthony and I uh, started doing this, and, you know, many years ago, actually, uh, our director, uh, Alex Timbers, who's the guy who brought us onto the project and who's like an extraordinary guy. I mean, he's great. He's a genius and like incredibly creative and incredibly nurturing of, of, of his team's ideas. I mean, he's, he comes from collaborative theater. He comes from the downtown tradition. He comes from device. He's, he's just a guy who, you know, is very interested in what everybody thinks. And he made it really clear from the very beginning, don't just slap the movie onto the stage. I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Uh, and, you know, sure enough, we found a story that had more to do with Beetlejuice and Lydia, uh, who in the movie, you know, and the movie is amazing, but, you know, that, uh, you know, it, they're, they're like a, a garnish, you know, in the movie. I mean, Beetlejuice is there for, you know, 12, 14 minutes, something like that. 
Winona Ryder as Lydia about the same amount of time. We had an idea, we, our story kind of developed in more of a direction of wanting to put them at the center of the story. So, uh, you know, and, and having their kind of loneliness and their isolation, but also their wiliness and their con artistry and their inventiveness sort of at the, at the, at the center of it all. I love it. And you have an amazing cast that are getting to play with your words all the time. We can't believe this cast. Uh, you know, I mean, Alex Brightman, L Leslie Kritzer, oh my God, my Rob McClure, Carrie Butler. I mean, and uh, Adam Danhauser. Like, it's just amazing. No, we we. I mean, we daily cannot believe we lucked into those people. I mean, like we, we this this. It's just such an extraordinary team of people, and they all you know are up just you know the same way Alex is up for reinventing things, up for bringing in new ideas. You know. Brightman has created something completely original that sort of like samples the energy of uh, the Michael Keaton Beetlejuice, but is its own completely new and contemporary thing. Which is great for him to be able to put his own stamp on a character that people know. Absolutely. And the same goes for Leslie Kritzer as Delia. I mean, you know, the Catherine O'Hara uh, you know, role is you know incredibly iconic, and uh, and Leslie uh, found things in our script and in this part that are just so wholly unique to her, and like just and and it's just a comic tour de force she does. Like, you've got more stuff ahead of you, I'm sure. I can't wait to find out now that you, the baby is already born and on the stage. What's going to be coming for you next? Uh, well, let's see. I'm uh, I write for uh, Castle Rock, which is a show on uh, Hulu. And uh, I've done, I do mostly television writing now, and uh, so does Anthony. Anthony's actually uh, shooting a show, he's uh, co-creating a show running down in Atlanta right now called Robbie for Comedy Central. He says, we're mostly in, uh, in TV at this point, but you know, theater is where we came from. Theater is what, you know, it's our first love, and the fact that this is happening is just extraordinary. Theater is always welcoming for when you go away to do something like television and be able to come back. It's just as exciting and welcoming for you. I hope so. It's that when you go there, they have to take you in, right? That's the. <laughs> that's, I love it. All right, Scott Brown. Thank you so much. Drama Desk nominee from Beetlejuice. It's going to be amazing. Not to mention part of the Tony Award, Tony Award nominated crew that's over at the Winter Garden. Eight shows a week. You got to go see Beetlejuice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please go see Beetlejuice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey. Wow, see, look at this. Every time I hang out with Dennis Jones, we see somebody fabulous and famous walking by, and I have to remember that also, the now newly minted Tony Award nominated. I did, I said it to you the night before. You said it, and I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, as I was running out the door. But yes, thank you for that, uh, that lovely prediction. Dreams come true. <laughs> and if you listen to my Tony Award nominating show that I have, Dennis Jones is one of my choices for winning this year. But that's beside the point. How are you doing, Daddy? I'm doing great. It's this, fantastic. So, again, people are they're respecting you even more so than you ever imagined, huh? Well, that's a very nice thing to say. I mean, I, I'm happy that people are loving the show and that the, the show is getting you know so much uh, acknowledgement in this season. Of which is an incredible season of theater. There are so many fantastic shows. So we consider ourselves very blessed to be, you know, to, to be recognized in this way. It's, uh, it's delightful. And it's, you know, it's really great just to be there at the theater and to, to hear the laughter and yeah. just kind of the joy that the, the show inspires. Well, you're, you're doing, again, that thing that I love about the folks in this room is that you are creating 
joy in this world that needs it? Well, I'm... In, in your own way of your art, you're making sure that that's a part of the conversation. Well, I think we all feel very lucky to be a part of that because, uh, you know, I think that the world could use a little joy. And uh, if you come and sit in your seat for two and a half hours and laugh your ass off, that's, uh, uh, that's healing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, Dennis Jones, I have to toss my hair back every time I talk to my dentist because I need to know... What is it that you're working on now? Because I know that you are in this process now of being choreographer, but when is the director-choreographer moment going to pop for you? Well, I'm very lucky that I get to, to do both this year. I'm, I'm currently working on the Flamingo Kid up at Hartford Stage. We start With Leslie Margarita! With Leslie Margarita, I mean, come on. Amazing. The whole cast is really brilliant, and it's, it's, been, a, it's been a delight. Uh, we start previews tomorrow night, so we're right in the thick of things. Uh, but then I will be directing uh, shortly after that opening paper mills season. In uh, we go into rehearsals in August for a show called Chasing Rainbows, which is about the early life and career of Judy Garland leading up to her filming The Wizard of Oz. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's some some rich stuff. I see. I wish I had a camera here for this because y'all, Dennis Jones. I already told you, I'm already a fan and also semi-stalker, so I appreciate what you're doing, but I'm just so glad that people are getting to see what you're doing. Because again, like I said, I met you right after um, uh, Holiday Inn for the first time, and it was an instant kismet for me. I, I mean, he, it took a minute for him to come around, but still, came around. he came around. But I really do, like I said, I just love the fact that you make your people move. Oh, well, thank you very much. You I really move. appreciate that. And so um, it's joyful joyous for me to see you not only getting celebrated in the world of dance with the Cheetah Rivera Awards, the world of theater with the Drama Desk, and as well as on the big main stage of the Tonys. It's a very exciting time. It really is. I feel very, very lucky. Oh. Y'all, that's my boyfriend, Dennis Jones, y'all. And we'll be back. So nice to see you all. Congratulations. Thank you. This is going to be great. And Mr. Scott Ellis, are you kidding? We are here at the Drama Desk award nominee reception and y'all the room is starting to get full you can hear the excitement in the room and now i'm talking to one of the celebrated tony award-winning broadway directors right now working the broadway represented in so many different ways the one and only mr scott ellis damn it's so a pleasure to meet you <laughs> i'm going to tell you something that you probably do not remember i'm actually very nervous now too now i'm thinking about it you might not remember a small little group known as the St. Vincent's Players with St. Vincent's Hospital many, many, many years ago where there was, do you have a friend who's a nurse? Big talk. Yes. I was in the production of Guys and Dolls as well as The World Goes Round. And that was the reason why you were there. And I totally remember. That was me, Mr. Cellophane, and the sassy guy from Pain. But this isn't about me. It's just the idea that, that it's like to have gotten this close to you now and to see you in this space again. And like, anyway, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now that I've established that I've been a nut in front of you, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to be able to ask you like normal questions. Well, what does it feel like? I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, you're, this is kind of de rigueur for you, but you know it's what? a little de rigueur. <laughs> Just you know a little. What? Okay, but it doesn't never gets old. It never gets old. 
And the fact that I had two shows this year and they're both being recognized is really just, yeah. it's like you love your kids, so you want them both to be recognized. Yeah. So that it's been an unbelievable year, you know, work on two shows that I truly love and, and have worked out well. It's so funny because you're one of those directors that seems to, and you, you bounce back and forth a lot of times between musicals and plays. Do you have one that you like? I, I, I li it's literally like your kids. I love them all. <laughs> I lo some of them are harder to get to walk and keep running, and other ones, you know, grow up really fast. But I, I truly don't. I, I tend to love exactly what I'm working on. When I was working on Kiss Me Kate, I love that. Switched over to Tootsie, I love that. So, uh, so yeah, I just sort of, there's always something about each one that I truly love. Well, it, it's wonderful because not only do producers trust your vision, but the actors trust your vision. Why do actors love you so much? Well, that's very nice for you to say, and I, tr I A, I love actors. B, I was an actor, so I think it's just something that once you're on that side of the table, you just never, ever forget. So I've never forgotten that. I, I think acting is so difficult, and the, what you're asking them to do and trust is really tricky. And, and so I, I, hopefully I was able to bring that in the room when I started directing, because it is something that I've never, ever forgotten. Right now, this is a wonderful time for you. The season, you're like we're at the end of the season now, so your work, your schoolwork for this season is completed. <laughs> we're getting ready now for finals. But now the question is, is what do you have coming down the pipe later on once we're starting the, that new school year? I'm gonna do, uh, I, I shoot some TV, so I'm gonna do another Mrs. Maisel, and then uh, uh, next season, all I know is that I will be doing the revival, Broadway revival of, uh, uh, take Me Out, Richard Greenberg's play. So I'm very excited about that. So I'm really just starting to work on that now. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, y'all, Scott Ellis, as I've established, has seen my work. Oh my <laughs> Isn't that insane? Unbelievable. Well, it, well, but, but, but you know what's hilarious is that to be, having had that moment for myself, doing what I was doing and how I moved along, to come back now to stand here to be able to tell you about that moment, Kind of a little, it's a little, uh, you know what I mean? Like Beyond I get excited. Great. Beyond great, I really so, love. Not for me, believe me. If that's so, that's the coolest thing. So, so. That's so wonderful. So Scott Ellis, congratulations, and I hope to see what else you got coming. And again, sassy big black guy with a little pop, always available. Always at the pop. I'm like looking at Josh Lamont and I'm like, I'm gonna get your part, brother. I'm gonna get you. All right, have a great time. Uh, wow, isn't this amazing? This place is just crawling, crawling, crawling with people. I, I spy Tony Award winning David Yazbek. I see people I know. I'm fabulous. How you doing? What you got for me? projection designer for Beetlejuice. Ooh, okay. We are getting our technical groove on here at the Drama Desk reception award for the nominees for this year. And I'm, it's fun because I get to go behind the scenes. I told you Beetlejuice, we just talked to Scott Brown, and now I'm gonna be talking to... Peter Negrini. Peter Negrini, who's the projection specialist for the show. Again, if you have not seen Beetlejuice, <laughs> if you have not seen Beetlejuice, you will know that there is projections, there's puppetry, it's magic, and there are so many things that are happening behind the stage that Peter Negrini, hi Peter, how you doing? I'm great, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Okay, so I just talked to Scott Brown. Yeah. Um, 
writing on the book. Yeah. I have had conversations with Eddie Perfect nice. about the show. I've had little moments with Alex Timbers about yeah. direction. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little connected. I just uh -huh. want you to uh -huh. know. Sure. So you, mister, are responsible for all of this light projection madness that's going on in yeah. Beetlejuice. That, that's true. You get to dream up the world that, that when Beetlejuice wants to transform the world we're in, a lot of that falls to me to make that magic. Look, like, again, people are, are now bringing in new trends to the world of Broadway, and light projections has become sort of like somewhere in between like set decoration, because again, they throw up a screen, you can put anything up on that screen, right? Just so you're getting set decoration and also you're getting controlling the lighting in terms of setting the mood. It's like, you're kind of, your work is like double, didn't it? I, I mean, a little bit. I mean, you know, some of what I do is what, uh, you know, maybe you think of more like lighting and traditionally as part of lighting. Some of it is more like scenery and then there's other of it that doesn't fall into any category. It's like, I think what's exciting about it is it's, it's, it's a whole new set of tools and techniques for theater making that don't, that don't conform to any of those things, but it's, it's great to sort of be in the mix and at the center and bringing uh, like new ideas to the theater, Broadway, all those things. Well, you know, you're working with Alex Timbers, who to me is one of the more innovative directors working on Broadway and that he loves as much multimedia imagery, things that you can put in a show, he is right on top of that. So for you to fall into that, how lucky do you feel? Oh, I mean, Alex is great. I think he's part of a whole sort of movement of younger directors who see all these tools and all these opportunities and really um, have a, of a sort of cinematic eye. And that's what projection can bring to the theater, is a way that like makes what we're doing more cinematic and um, feel really modern. So getting to work with Alex is great, you know, but at the same time, Alex is a guy of the theater. Like, we aren't making movies. We're not, you know, Beetlejuice isn't us trying to recreate the movie on stage. You know, it wants to feel like theater, but it wants to have that pace and that energy that we get from the cinema. I love it. Well, this is wonderful because, again, you are part of a, a the work that you're bringing to Broadway is, is that that extra element that we kind of now need to kind of pep it up a notch, you know what I mean? Which is fantastic. Absolutely, I mean, I, I love to do that, and I love what we can do, what it, what these new tools make possible. Like, it's like, oh, we're looking at theater in a new way. We're, we're building new stories, and that's what's great about it. Well, Peter Negrini, congratulations on your nomination, as well as the work that you're doing literally across the street from my studio over at the Winter Garden Theater. Eight shows a week over at Beetlejuice, nominated for Drama Desk Awards, nominated for Tony's. Get your behinds to New York City and come see Beetlejuice. How about that, huh? And we'll be back. All right, y'all. Here we are standing in the press room for the Drama Desk Award nominees, receptions, and I'm now standing here talking to the girl. The last time we talked was doing a play. Yeah. Now she's back on stage doing a musical and was crying because it's got to be singing, and you sing in Oklahoma, girl. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, I'm exhausted, but it all feels worth it because uh, the show is really beautiful and satisfying. Well, as, in terms of the, the set piece in the, the actual uh, show, or, uh, you were walking into this role doing a, a little groundbreaking moment. Like, you know, this is something that we don't see. I mean, how does that feel to not only be able to take a classic, but at the same time bring your if you know what I'm saying, to the pearl. Uh-huh, I do. I certainly know what you mean. I don't delay it. Um, it's really exciting, and it's exciting for the simple ways of just having the coverage on something like that. Um, but it's also really exciting because 
what I'm getting to do with this role is also something that's never been done before. And not just because of who I am and what I look like, really because our director is interested in what Lori thinks and what Lori wants, which is often sort of an afterthought in this production, in this show. So I feel very lucky. Yeah. All right. Great but, to yeah. see you. You too. I mean, I want to see you again. Like, I mean, you're right down the street from the studio, so we should be having a moment. But I know you're with, you're doing your thing. Yeah. Rebecca Noom, Jones, honey, <laughs> popping through the drama desk reception, going on to her next gig, honey. See her in Oklahoma over at the Circle in the Square Theater here in New York City. So we are just standing here. I'm going to be waiting to see who else is coming by. I mean, I should take a picture of this room so y'all could see how insanely busy this is. But so far, it's not a bad thing. It's a bitch because you can't get no pictures in here. So I'm trying my best to at least get to talk to the folks. So we shall see who comes by. All right. And we're working the room. Working the room. This is Keep Price's Curtain Call.